Hello, guys, and thank you for listening and watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. I have a beautiful word from the Lord today. And as you can see from the thumbnail, it's simply we're going to be talking about prophetic witchcraft prophetic witchcraft and we're going to begin to go in deep and we're going to begin to go in to see and to pull up the veil to see what God what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church I believe we're living in an hour and a day that we have to have our discernment on point that has to be uh, things have to be spiritually discerned by the Holy Spirit like never before there are so many things and so many words that are being spoken and so many evil things that have come up, Lord. And we just want God to be in everything that we do. We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. But we want to be able to see clearly the things of God, the things that we should be aligning ourselves with versus the things that we should be disconnecting to. And we want everything to be led by the Holy Spirit and not by the flesh and not by emotions or obligation. Because sometimes the the flesh, the emotions and obligation will have you to miss God. So today... What I want to begin to do is I want to begin to go over some points that God has given me that we are able to highlight the prophetic witchcraft that is operating in the body of Christ and outside of the body of Christ. And God wants us to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. I have did multiple teachings on false prophets, false teachers. Uh, It's another Jesus that they teach doctrines um, that are not taught by God. And I can tell you guys right now that this is really on God's heart because he really wanted me to teach this. I'm telling you, he stayed on me. He stayed on me with this one. And I want to begin to go ahead and I'm going to be teaching out of a book um, called Exposing Prophetic Witchcraft. And it's by Jennifer LeClaire. And God really wants to hone in on this as we see a lot on YouTube. We see a lot in the body of Christ. We see a lot in the world and on Instagram and on social media where everyone has a prophetic word. Everyone has a word of the Lord. And while God is is speaking to us in this day and time and God is um, giving us spiritual discernment and he is directing our steps and he is communicating communicating with us on a higher level like we've never seen before because of the time and seasons that we are living in. We have to know that the enemy is also counterfeiting the real thing. And we have to be wise and vigilant and be watchful and mindful of the things that we allow into our space and into our spirit that God did not send. So today he's wanting me to highlight some of the things that are connected to prophetic witchcraft and helping us to expose the prophetic deception that is running rampant on the social media platforms, in the body of Christ, in the world. He just wants us to be equipped. He wants us to be edified and he wants us to be ready and to be able to discern the things that are coming in that is not of him, that is so subtle that if you're not connected and if you're not spiritually discerning, you can actually miss it. You can miss it. So today we're going to be talking about prophetic witchcraft, guys, and we're going to be exposing prophetic deception. Excuse me. Let me start by defining the word witchcraft, right? Let's define what this means. This means simply means, according to the dictionary, bewitching or fascinating attraction or charm. 
Bewitch means to enchant or to delight someone. The Bible says that witchcraft is the work of the flesh. It's the total opposite of what the fruit of the spirit is, according to Galatians 5 and 22, right? So what pleases the Lord in our lives is not works, but a fruit that the spirit alone can produce, right? So only the Holy Spirit can produce the fruit of the spirit. And I'm going to tell you guys, if it's not of God, the fruit of the spirit is absent and it's manufactured and it's counterfeited. And we have to know and we have to be able to discern what the spirit of the Lord is highlighting to us and what he is saying in this season. Because I'm telling you, it's on an all time high and it's right under your nose. So God, you know, he always has me, you know, I'm always teaching these, these type of sermons and it's primarily because of the mantle of deliverance that I carry. So you will see a lot of that on my page and on the YouTube channels. And that's a part of my assignment. And I carry that with the full authority of God. Um, and I know it seems like, you know, I've been pumping these things out, but I'm telling you guys, I'm here to tell you it's all of him and it's none of me. Trust me when I tell you. Because these things take hours, countless hours to dive into. And it takes a lot of uh, spiritual discernment and guidance when it comes to this type of thing. So I'm here today to just expose and to highlight the prophetic deception that is going on. So what pleases the Lord in our lives is not the work, but the fruit that the Spirit alone can produce. Only the Holy Spirit can produce. And it's the total opposite from what the enemy will produce. We can avoid works of the flesh by staying continually submitted to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to direct our every aspect of our lives. Now, let's just look up the word prophetic. Um, and I know we kind of know what this word means, but let's look at it a little closer, right? So prophetic, it, it simply means to accurately describe or predict what will happen in the future. Uh, relating to or a characteristic of a prophet or a prophecy. So that's what prophetic mean. And so witchcraft is essentially, you know, a force or power is rooted in illegitimate authority. Witchcraft manifests in many ways, guys, including prophetic words. Hear me when I say this. Witchcraft will uh, manifest itself in prophetic words as well. It comes in many shapes and forms and faces and sizes but it does produce itself in prophetic words. Now, just as the Holy Spirit is the power of God to bring change in the lives of God's people, witchcraft is a strong deceptive force Satan uses as a weapon to steal, kill, and destroy. And we see that in John 10, 10. For the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But how many of you know that God says he came, that you may have life and enjoy it and have life more abundantly? God wants you to have the abundant life. And a part of having an abundant life is, hear me when I say this, a part of having an abundant life is knowing how to discern the deception and discern evil and discern the things that God is not sending to you. So that's having an abundant life because we know that those evil things can take us off of the path that the road that God has for us, right? So we want to stay in that abundant life and we don't want to be tricked, fooled or deceived because God is not into tricking or fooling his or deceiving his people. But we have to know that for every real thing that there is a counterfeit. Satan will try to masquerade himself as an angel of light. And we see that time and time again in scripture. 
And if he tried to deceive Jesus, how much more would he try to deceive, you know, all of the, the king's kids, you know, all of the daughters, sons and daughters of the most high God. So some of the roots of uh, this prophetic witchcraft, we can see in the form of rebellion. We see those roots in the form of pride. We see those roots in the form of greed. The Bible says for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, right? We know that in 1 Samuel 15 and 33, that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So even if you're not um, operating in spells and hexes and vexes and voodoo and all that, um, um, you know, foolery that goes on, you still can be operating in witchcraft in a form of rebellion or a form of pride, right? Rebellion, you know, that's a form of witchcraft according to the Bible. And, and a form of rebellion can simply just mean that you're unwilling to repent. That's rebellion. Or a form of rebellion can simply means that you're rebelling against authority, an authority of uh, the word of God, an authority of, of someone that has been put over you or authority, you know, in um, your, as, you know, your parents or any type of authority that God has placed over you and you rebel against. That's a form of witchcraft. So rebellion can, uh, is the root of this thing, right? It's the root of witchcraft because it's contrary to what the word of God says to do. So God looks at that as witchcraft. And we have to know that. And pride is, is huge because pride will tell you that you're not wrong, that you don't need to repent. And we have to be very careful that we don't fall into this trap, right? Because the enemy will love nothing more. But God says a broken and contrite heart, he will not despise. Humility comes before honor, but pride comes before the fall. So let's look at this deeper. Satan does have power on earth, guys. And his witchcraft is a part of the parcel of that power. But here's what many fail to understand. Satan has no real authority beyond what God allows. I said this before in another uh, video that God will use the enemy as a, like a pawn in a game of chess. That God is sovereign, right? Satan cannot do anything without God's permission. We see this in the book of Job. He does have the power of the kingdom of darkness and in the world, according to 1 John 5 and 19. It tells us plainly that we know that we are of God and that the whole world is under the power of the evil one. You see this in Ephesians 2 and 2. He's called the prince of the power of the air. And in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, calls him the God of this world. And John 14 and 30, Jesus tells us Satan is the ruler of this world. And so many times this is mentioned in the Bible, right? And it tells you about the authority that Satan does have, right? But please know when I say this, that Christ died, right? And when Christ died and he was resurrected, Jesus judged the ruler of the world according to John 16 and 11. He disarmed and he dismantled the principalities and the power through his triumph on the cross. So we have authority over the enemy in Christ Jesus, guys. We have authority over the enemy in Christ Jesus. We can take authority over the prophetic witchcraft because of Christ. You know, God tells us in Luke 10 and 19, 
He gave us the authority to tread and to trample over serpents, scorpions, and over all power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt us. This is going to be a great teaching, and I implore you to listen to the end. I really do, because God has some exposure, and he has some things that he is going to say that you probably, you know, it's... um, all word based in it. And it's in a way that is really simplistic, but it's in a way that you probably haven't seen before. So keep listening. No one who operates in illegitimate authority rooted in Satan's kingdom has a portion in heaven. You cannot operate. You can't serve two masters. It's impossible to do. You either got to discern that you're going to serve one or the other. So let's highlight the top you know, seven characteristics of the prophetic witchcraft. We're going to be through this really quick here. Let's highlight the seven characteristics. It's not all, but it's seven that he has highlighted. So let's start with the first one being unrecognizable witchcraft spirits. Listen to me. You know, everyone has seen someone, has come across someone, even me, like, you know, I've come across, you know, ministries and people that has been speaking and giving prophetic words, right? And you know how when you listen to and you see someone and you get a check in your spirit that something is completely off about the about the individual, but it's very subtle. And because they are saying like the right things or seem to have the calm demeanor or no scripture, you tend to brush it off. You know, the Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out, according to Proverbs 25 and 2. So there would be some things that you would have a check in your spirit, like immediately now. And how do I know this? Let me tell you, I've watched many different words and I have sat, you know, in many different conferences and heard many different pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists give words, you know, prophetic words. And I'm going to tell you, it's something about certain individuals where I get a check in my spirit and I can't quite put my finger on it at that particular moment when it happens. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, what is off about this individual and why do the Holy Spirit gives me a check really quick? And then I can be listening to another individual speaking or preaching the exact same thing, you know, still preaching repentance, still preaching, you know, forgiveness, still preaching, you know, the right things or whatever. And I don't get that check in my spirit. And it's kind of like I can hear another individual and they can be saying the right things, but it's the spirit behind the word that don't sit right with me. And I can tell you guys, this has happened time and time again, where I've gotten a check in my spirit. And I'm telling you right now, God has either said, don't watch that individual anymore. And he has exposed them and told me, you know, what's going on with it. Or he's let me allow me to keep watching it because he wants me to address it. Or he wants me to bring a uh, spirit of correction, right? And so I do truly believe that this word is going to be a spirit of correction for those that have either been operating in, in prophetic witchcraft or those that have been listening or aligning themselves with someone that operates in this. So sometimes you can, it can be an unrecognizable spirit where it's so subtle to the point where you can miss it. I'm telling you, you can miss it. That has happened to me. Because I brushed it off, you know, because they were saying the right things and they had looking the right way. And it just seems like it should be right. But something about them was still off. 
So God wants us to search things, these things out. And it's at that moment when God wants you to pay attention and begin to unpack what he has highlighted or shown you. It's at that moment because there's a price you pay when you submit to things that God has not called you to submit to. Whatever you submit to, you become subject to. And I say that time and time again in different videos. Whatever you submit to, it's going to rub off on you. So let's go, let's go in. So why is this so important? After, after giving ear to Jezebel, right? For some time, you start to fall under the principality's spell. And before you know it, you are bewitched. Where at first you are unwilling to listen or fellowship, you know, or you get the consistency of someone nagging or suggesting something or giving you prophetic words. And those prophetic words, what it turns into is a spirit of seduction. It begins to seduce you. And remember, the spirit of Jezebel is a spirit of seduction and operates in false prophecy. Spirit of Jezebel is also very controlling. They always want to be in control. And, and if you pay attention and you listen, and if you listen to that spirit, you will always hear them talk about how they, um, well, I stepped in and I said this, you know, and, and if you've got a, Jehab, a Jezebel and Ahab uh, thing going on, you'll always see that this spirit has more dominance over the, uh, her male counterpart, counterpart. You'll always see that. And that spirit or vice versa, because Jezebel can also be a man. So you will always see, because we got to remember, guys, it's a spirit, right? Even though Jezebel was a woman in the Bible, we're talking about spirits behind people. So they take on whatever form people will allow. So we look at this and we say, okay, so this spirit begins to seduce you. And remember, Jezebel, again, is a spirit of seduction that operates in false prophecy. It's time for the prophetic community and the people to check their, you know, and make sure that they are not compromising to the spirit of Jezebel. You know, we see that in 2 Kings 9 and 22, and it talks about the prophets agreeing with Jezebel and persecuting other prophets. They were um, eating with Jezebel and she is sleeping in their beds. And some prophets are, um, you know, still staying pure like Elijah and the 7,000 other prophets that didn't bow to the knee to idolatry, which is great because God always has a remnant, baby. He always have a ram in a thicket. He always has someone that will not bow their knee to idolatry. And so when you suggest that anyone that does not believe your prophecy, this is one of the things that they would say, you know, spirit of Jezebel would always say, you know, if you don't, you don't believe my prophecy, it's possible that you are the one that's, you know, being this seductive and controlling, right? So when you suggest that anyone that does not believe your prophecy is bowing to Jezebel. It's possible that you are the one bowing to the seductive and controlling spirit because the spirit would always tell you, they always want you to believe their prophecy, to believe, to believe, want you to believe that they are hearing from God, that they are the ones that's hearing from God and other people are not. So this can happen to anyone who gives ear to seductive voices for too long. And remember, Jezebel voice is subtle. Don't give your ear too long to those demonic voices, rather listen long enough to discern the spirit's operation and then flee immorality. 
This spirit attacks anyone with a prophetic voice and wants to hijack your soul, making you into a prophetic manipulator, right? Who releases prophetic witchcraft into the kingdom of God. Number two, wolves in sheep's clothing. Uh, There's a quote that says, you know, in this book, it says, an enemy exposed and the enemy defeated. And so I say, you can't conquer what you don't confront and you can't confront what you don't recognize. It, you cannot fight anything that you that you can't confront. And then you can't confront anything if you don't identify what it even what it is. So as I stated in other videos, a false prophet is not one who misses it or one who makes poor judgment calls in ministry. You know, that's not one that, you know, I'll, you know, miss it from time to time because we all miss it. You know, every no one is perfect. We're flawed individuals. We all have character flaws. Right. And so, you, you know, as you learn and you grow in Christ, you're going to miss it from time to time. But this is this is the kicker right here, guys. In its simplest terms. It's one who sets out to deceive. That's what a false prophet is. The motive is to gain something to consume upon their own lust outside of the will of God. This could be in money. This could be in attention. This can be in fame or some other self-seeking reward. False prophets appear to be undiscerning. Appear to be undiscerning, you know, I as genuine but they are seeking to devour, right? So this is what false prophets appear to be to the undiscerning eye. They, they appear to be genuine, but they're not. They seem sincere, but they are sincerely wrong in motive. And, and I talk about motive time and time again. It's more about your motive. Are you intentionally deceiving people? Are you intentionally putting out false prophecies or putting out false accusations? Discernment is key to examining fruit. It's the source of their prophecy, right? Prophecy speaks of the mind, will, and the heart of God for a person, situation, or nation. Prophetic witchcraft can lead you to a different path other than what God has for you. I've said that time and time again. Prophetic witchcraft taps into a spirit other than the Holy Spirit. Since the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, prophetic witchcraft can be what Jesus cannot be what Jesus is saying. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So if prophetic witchcraft is in motion, you know it's not what God is saying. Now, what's so tricky for many people is this, guys, is prophetic witchcraft can be true. And we see that in the book, you know, when we talk about the prophet Balaam, he was an accurate prophet, but he had a wicked heart. So just because you uh, speak an accurate word doesn't mean that you are a true prophet of God that has true intents and motives and that that, you know, word is with true motives and true intentions and godly intentions, I should say. False prophets, you know, they speak accurate words, but that doesn't mean that the information comes from God. We have to know that familiar spirits and other demons set out to deceive. And sometimes they set the bait for a hungry believer with an ounce of truth before selling them a pound of lies. That happened to me recently this year. I was looking at a YouTube video, guys. 
And the words that were coming out of uh, this mouth of this person, I'm telling you, it was all lining up with scripture. But there was a check in my spirit and I had to ask God about it. And God revealed to me, right? This person then started to um, add in heresies in his teachings. It wasn't in the first few videos that I saw, but then he started to add, you know, different heresies in, in his teachings. And there was a quick check in my spirit and God confirmed it. I asked God to confirm it. And sure enough, he confirmed it and through Apostle um, uh, Giles, Joshua Giles. I was looking at one of his videos and he was actually speaking on false prophets. And he said the exact same thing that this person was doing in their video. And so God, I knew then that there was a check in my spirit that God was confirming to me because I asked God to, I knew it, but I asked God to confirm it. And God always establishes word amongst two or three witnesses. And I thank God for that, guys. I thank God for that. Because this person had me, I, I was, I was in, trust me when I tell you I was in, but this is why you need the Holy Spirit to be able to discern it because it's so subtle and we have to be vigilant because the enemy will try to pull you in. And I'm telling you, the longer you watch things that are not of God, the more it gets into your spirit. What's in them get in you. The Bible says bad company corrupts good character. And if this was not true, God would not have put it in scripture. So we have to be very careful. And this prophetic witchcraft taps into other spirits, right? And since, you know, we see this, you know, in the um, familiar spirits, you know, we see that, you know, we think familiar spirits and other demons that are set out to deceive. And sometimes they set a bait for the hungry believer with an ounce of truth. And a pound of lies. We see this in the book of Acts 16 with Paul and Silas. When the girl, you know, with the divin they had divination were saying these men are, you know, servants of the most high God, you know, leading people, you know, to Christ. And she was right. But it was the spirit behind what she was saying that was so wrong. So we see this time and time again in the scriptures, right? So God says, you know, you know, with, with, with prophetic witchcraft, they don't get things from the spirit of the Lord. They steal things from the spirit realm through familiar spirits. Familiar spirits grow up with you. They know everything about you. Just like God have angels. And I spoke about this in another video. He have angels, guardian angels that he assigned to you when you're born. You have familiar spirits that grow up with you and that's in your bloodline and that follow you all the way to your adulthood and they keep following you. They know everything that you like. They know everything about you. They know everything about your ancestors that wasn't following Christ. They know everything, what you like and what you don't like. That's why they know what to put in front of you to entice you and to seduce you. So familiar spirits is where some of these psychics and some of these false prophets and false um, teachers are getting their information from. And then Jesus said it, you know, in book of John 10, you know, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Again, they steal information. So God is saying that they didn't come in through the door, through the right door, which means they had to sit with him and sit in his council and to be led by the Holy Spirit, that they are still in their thieves and robbers that steal information. So God has called us to speak the truth in love. That's number three, according to Ephesians 4 and 14 through 17. 
that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying edifying of itself in love. Love covers a multitude of sin. When you get people that constantly listen to me and hear me and hear me well, they constantly See, the thing about with prophetic witchcraft, there's no real love connection to the people of God that they are assigned, that God has assigned. You know, when you a sheep, God assigns you to people and there's no real connection to people. There's no real love connection. Yeah, I can tell you I'm praying for you, but there's no real connection because why? You don't even want to hear the comments of what the people have to say. You don't even read the comments. You turn off the comments on YouTube. There's no real connection about the heart of people, right? And what the people really are feeling and and what the thoughts are behind the words that you are speaking. God has called us to shepherd sheep. You don't shepherd sheep if he's called you to YouTube and you disconnect yourself from the comments. You disconnect yourself from, from the things that people are saying because that's very important. Because God expects you to not only shepherd them with the word, but he's also uh, wanting you to protect them, right? And that may mean just listening to, um, you know, something that they have to say and they may have a huge grave concern about or need prayer about something. How can you pray for people and you don't even know what they need prayer for? (laughs) Love covers a multitude of sins and also notice how prophets were standing in the gap for prayer and making up the hedge so he would not have to release judgment, according to Ezekiel 22 and 30. But he couldn't find one. False prophets not only refused to stand in the gap, but they also refused to stand in the truth because it's not popular. So the, uh, let's go to number four, the dangers of aligning and partnering with the prophetic witchcraft. There's dangers in that, guys. The right connections and alignments can bring benefits to your life. Now, the wrong alignments and connections can bring warfare or worse, defile you. What does it mean to be defiled? It just simply means to make unclean or be impure. It means to corrupt or contaminate. God has called us to be holy even as he is holy. When the Lord exposes prophetic witchcraft to you, listen and hear me well, and you ignore his warnings, You come under the deception of the prophetic witchcraft and it defiles you. I just said, whatever you submit to, you are subject to whatever you submit to. So when God highlights prophetic witchcraft to you and you ignore it, you become subject to it and it defiles you and it corrupts you. It seduces you. Then that check no longer is there. You're just going diving in head first and you just taking in everything. And and what begins to happen is you start to see a series of things that begin to happen in your life. So some of the spirits that are on them begin to influence you. Holy Spirit always warns us when there's a prophetic deception in our midst, but we have to be discerning and not so attached to the popularity of it that we miss God or make idols in our hearts. Remember an enemy exposed is an enemy defeated. 
Number five, exposing false visions and dreams and encounters. Listen to this, guys, because I didn't know this. Listen to this. One example would be the story of the heaven is for real. Do y'all remember that movie in that book? Heaven is for real. Then a movie that was created based on a car accident of a father and son in which the six-year-old says he went to heaven turned out to be a lie. Oh my gosh, guys, I did not know this was a lie. The story uh, was later found out in um, 2015 that the little boy stated he made the whole thing up for attention. And they built a whole movie and book off of this experience. His name was Mark. His name was Malak, Malark, Malaki. Okay, so he is not the first to claim to go to heaven or hell or talk to Jesus, demons, or see angels. He exposed his own lie. He came back in 2015 and said it was a lie that they made the whole thing up. Which shows integrity, which is great because it pointed people back to the Bible. But many false visionaries and dreamers continue to propagate stories and fabricate encounters. Nevertheless, we can't write off every dream or vision and encounter we have with the Lord because of a few that that lie about things. Right. God does speak this way. You see this in the book of Acts 2 and 16. He tells us this. So while God is pointing out his spirit, the enemy is up to the same, his same old tricks. He's counterfeiting everything that God does. He's convincing people to fabricate encounters for the sake of a platform, popularity, or paychecks. He's tempting people to manufacture dreams and visions to elevate themselves as somehow more spiritual than others. Huh. Hear me and hear me good. We shouldn't despise dreams, visions, and encounters with the Lord, but we should test all things and hold fast to what is good, according to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21. That means chew the meat and spit the bones. Know that false encounters bring false theology. You cannot have a false teacher or prophet without a false theology. It's impossible. Because the enemy, the Bible says he's the father of lies and there's no truth in him. So if he's spearheading the false prophetic movement, right, we know that these false encounters has false theology. And I say this because I had an experience with the um, Jehovah Witness, right? We know that they believe differently from what the Bible teaches us, right? And one day at my door years ago, probably back in 2000. That's probably back in 2006, five. I'm not sure. It was a long time ago. I never opened up my door for them because I just don't even feel like going back and forth with them or take those pamphlets because you've got to remember anything you take in your hand or anything that you agree, you're, you're in agreement with it. People don't realize that. So don't remember that as well. Like people trying to hang you things and you know it's not of God. Don't even take that. Don't bring any of that mess into your house. So I was standing at the door and I, I opened the door because I thought it was somebody selling those candy bars that I like so much. And I was going to get me another candy bar. Right. So I opened up the door, not realizing it was Jehovah Witness. Well, I know that this was a th- uh, move of God, guys. So we began to chat, you know, because I'm not the mean type. I don't just slam the door in people's face. I don't get down like that. So you, um, I began to chat with them and they began to try to, you know, persuade me into their, what they, what they believed in. And I just stood there and I listened and, you know, I was in full-time ministry at the time, you know, in the church and, and I was, um, I don't know if I was ordained at that time. I'm not sure, but anyway, um, I was standing there talking to them and I'm going back and forth, going back and forth. And, um, 
No, this was probably 2009. That's when this was. So then I was standing there going back and forth. And um, what I noticed about them, what the Holy Spirit quickened me and shown me was they don't have the spirit of God in them. Right. Even though they pulled up the Bible, everything they talked about. And if I said something, their rebuttal was to open up the word of God and to look for the scripture and find it. But what God began to highlight to me in this moment was, it's not that we know every scripture in the Bible, but how many of you know that the word of God has to be in you? It's not just that you read the Bible, but God has to be in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. So if the Holy Spirit lives in you at the proper time, the Holy Spirit will begin to bring up scriptures, right? Bring up scriptures, right? But what I noticed about them was they couldn't bring up one scripture. They had to keep opening up the Bible and reading the scriptures and finding the scriptures where I was just standing there with no Bible and the scriptures in me was just coming out, you know, as I was talking to them. And so God uh, had me to notice that they had the word of God in their hand, but the word of God was not in them. And I'm saying all of this to say you will see with false prophets, you will see, you pay attention. If you pay attention, the word of God is in in them. I mean, it's, it's, they have the word, but it's not in them. I'm telling you, pay attention. I've seen this, seen this even on YouTube, people talking, but they don't have the word in them. They quote scriptures, but it's not in them. Pay attention guys. So know that the false encounters birth false theology. As we see with Mormonism and Islam, they both were started with the visitation that they had from angels being, um, and that and that created a whole, uh, you know, theology that was created. Right. Different religions was created based on these visitations from angels from both the Mormons and Islam. Both of them had the same uh, t- uh, similar encounters, false, false visions. We know that while the word of God is our baseline for judging encounters, anything that violates the spirit of the word is false. So what do we do? How do we know? We look at the fruit of the encounter. A true dream or vision will exalt Jesus Christ. A true encounter will draw us closer to his plans and his purposes, not into idolatry. How can this be so with a prophetic word? Because people begin to draw you unto themselves. They begin to draw you into the word, the prophetic word. A true change will cause a change in the thinking and our behavior if it's really of God. Okay. So that's how we know. We look at the fruit of the encounter. Keep this in mind, guys. Many encounters and dreams and visions are intensely personal. Hear me when I say this. When we apply a personal encounter to the body of Christ, we are in error in all caps. What is meant for your life is not necessarily meant for the entire church. And also what is meant for the entire church is also relevant to relevant to and should be applied to your life before you broadcast it to the masses. I'm going to say that again. What is meant for you in a dream or vision may not be meant for the body of Christ. And also what is meant for the entire church is also relevant to you and should be applied to you first. How many times um, have I spoken and I said the word that we speak comes to us first as leaders? 
And then it hits the person that uh, the body of Christ or the people who God has assigned us to say it to. So it should be applied to our lives as well. This is not all about God getting the people together who we're speaking to, right? This is about us adhering to the same word that we speak. But with false prophets, you'll see that they'll tell you that God is going to get you, that you're going to be cursed, that God is going to silence your mouth because you, you are testing the word. A word to the compromised prophets. This is what she had to say. Jennifer LeClaire had to say. She said, if you build your ministry on prophecy, supernatural encounters and anything else beyond the word of God, it won't last. She said, hear me as I speak this truth and love. You can't sustain the level, that level of revelation. You will begin to miss your predictions of world events and people will catch on even if you bury that prophecy in a slew of accurate words. Prophets can make all the excuses in the world for why the prophetic word did not come to pass. That doesn't mean the word was accurate. She says, compromise prophets, you are likely to have a true gift, but you went astray somewhere in the social media driven world. Your best move now would be to back away from the manufacturing plan and begin to restructure your ministry. Build the foundation of your ministry on the word of God. According to Matthew 7 and 24 through 27, it says a wise man who builds his house, it builds it on the rock not on supernatural occurrences, guys. Hear me and hear me well. Ministries that are built on supernatural encounters and anything else beyond the word of God, it won't last. You can't sustain the revelation. You will begin to be exposed because you won't be able to keep up with all the different words that you're putting out. (laughs) Number six, exposing scripture twisting. Exposing scripture, twisting, twisting the word. You you hear um, in the false um, prophetic world, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. They love that scripture. These are the first verses you will hear if you question a false prophet's twisted theology. Unfortunately, this has been a verse misused and abused as a weapon to manipulate the saints. Yes, these scriptures are in the Bible. But scripture twisters use it as a force field against accountability. These verses are used to make these false prophets untouchable and unchallengeable. They don't want you to be, they don't want to be challenged. These verses make idols out of mere men. It turns people into idols. Okay. False prophets use these verses as a shield to deflect when you're in disagreement with them. Controlling prophets use these verses to force you into submission. Cultists, cult, cult prophets use these verses to shame you if you don't see eye to eye with them spiritually. They're spiritually abusive and it rules over the congregation. So the Jezebel prophets and the yes men bodyguards will even threaten and curse you for crossing the line of these scriptures, which are being taken out of context. Because when David wrote Psalms 105 and 15, God wasn't elevating prophets to untouchable status. We are all God's anointed. We are all God's anointed ones. Guys, hear me. 
Prophets are no higher than anyone else in the body of Christ. We all have a function. And I said this in the other video that I did. Everyone has a function that is equally as important as the next. So when David wrote Psalms 105, 15, you know, verse 15, God wasn't elevating prophets to untouchable status. We are all God's anointed ones and we all have an anointing that, ab that abides in us all, according to 1 John 2 and 27. Christ is the anointed one and we as believers are his little anointed ones. You may not be a prophet, but you have Christ's anointing that lives in you. So when the Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm, it's talking about touch not my anointed. That everyone who's carrying the anointing of Christ, every believer has the anointing of Christ on the inside of them. So when they make that Bible verse exclusive to just prophets, the devil is a liar. That's to keep them from being accountable and to keep them from being challenged or to keep the word from being tested and proven. Lastly, number seven, discernment is a gift of the Holy Spirit, guys. We got to have discernment in this hour. It's paramount if we're going to walk in God's best and if we're not going to be deceived, hoodwinked, or bamboozled. Hear me and hear me well. Discernment is the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure, also an act of perceiving and discerning something. It simply means to be able to see and understand people, things, or situations clearly and intelligently. You have become an expert at knowing. You have to become an expert at knowing people by the spirit and testing spirits in which they are operating. You have to know it's not just about the word because people can be saying the right thing, but it's the wrong spirit behind it. And I say it again in Acts chapter 16 with the girl that had the spirit of divination. She was saying the right thing, but there was the wrong spirit behind it. You can be an accurate prophet, but a wicked prophet with a wicked motive. Whether it's your platform that you're trying to get, it's money, it's likes, it's attention, it's, um, you know, to, to take people off of the path and create idolatry in their hearts because you like the attention. Discernment is the manifestation of biblical thinking rather than worldly thinking. That's why we have to renew our minds every single day. We have to continually renew our minds. It's a heart posture that listens to the Lord rather than taking everything at face value. No, not all wolves are false prophets. This is what she's saying in the book. But every wolf operates in the prophetic witchcraft. Let me say that again. Not all wolves are false prophets, but every wolf operates in prophetic witchcraft. This is her opinion. They operate in high, <clears throat> high levels of deception and they've honed their craft to the point that even the most discerning shepherds have to do a double and triple take to see through the sheepskin that hides in their identity. I just said that about the experience I had. I had to do a triple take because the word was so good. And then when Apostle Joshua Giles came and uh, confirmed what, I was, what God was showing me, I knew that this person was not of God. And I stopped watching him. Now, listen, we have the mind of Christ and there is nothing hidden that shall not be exposed and every lie will be swallowed up in the truth. Pray for discernment and repent for any false teaching you may have followed knowingly or unknowingly or any false teaching that you may have taught if you're listening. Keep Jesus first and follow him and he will never lead you astray. The enemy cannot 
curse what God has blessed. And you will find that a lot of false prophets, when you leave their ministry or when you disagree, they want to curse you on the way out. They want to tell you how you're going to die from putting their mouth on them. They want to tell you how you're going to be cursed. But the devil is a liar. Because God says you cannot curse anyone that he has blessed. You see that in the prophet Balaam when he tried to curse the people of Israel. And God told him those people are blessed. They are not cursed. When Balak, the king, wanted to curse the people, God would not allow it. And Balaam, even though he was a wicked prophet, he would not curse the people. But he, but he seduced them in another way, which caused them to fall away from the things of God. If he knew he couldn't curse them, he came another way. And so this is why I say you have to be very watchful of these seducing spirits, because if they can't seduce you in one way, they'll manipulate you in another. And they try to make you think that they are more spiritual than you are. So be very vigilant. Do not be afraid, right? Keep Jesus first. Follow him and he will not lead you astray. The enemy cannot curse what God is blessed. Do not be afraid to go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God will expose and bring the enemy down. Just follow his lead and not emotions or fear. Because emotions, popularity, and the feel good and the itching things that you want to hear. Trust me when I tell you, when a ministry is built on, on encounters and, and visions and dreams and not on the word. They only the only thing about the ministry that you hearing about it is is built on the supernatural and they don't have a teachings on anything else. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. So this is the word that God has given me. I pray that you are blessed. Please like, comment, share and subscribe, guys, so that this word can get out in the YouTube algorithm because it's more needed than ever in this day and time. And thank you for so much for those that have been sowing and subscribing. Please, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe so this can get out and like the video. Until the next time, I will see you in the next video. You be blessed and go forth in the power of his might. Amen.